0: Hello and welcome to The Evocative Project. My name's Blake Bradford and I'm so happy to have you here today. The Evocative Project is all about building confidence from within, about having and knowing your why. Why you're doing what you're doing and with this project through my stories, co-hosts and guests, we're going to teach you the skills that you need to take on life and fulfill it with purpose. How do I make it so I'm beside you? How's the lighting? Yeah, it's good. Have you
1: got the light? We've got it all here. About time you got it all together this morning.
0: Oh, bruh. I've had it what together. I just haven't put it all in one little package yet.
1: Oh, no. the old hydraulic down look oh, at the background.
0: Fuck, she's a brothel in here. A few, a few cables getting flung around in here at the moment. She's wide, that lens.
1: Oh, she's fucking wide, boy.
0: What do we got here? Oh, miracle. No. <laughs> Is that... Three. Yeah, that light's fucking nifty, eh? What are you doing here this morning? She's just falling into place for us. Audio's clear enough for you. We are here today. We got the boy, B. And KB from Evocative, gonna give you the live rundown and the introduction into Kyle Burr, the other half of Evocative, and we are buzzing to tell the story about why he does what he does. So tune in.
1: (laughs) I'm
0: happy with that. Happy with it? Always happy. Always happy, boy. I love sitting in this hot seat. That's beautiful.
1: Oh, it's nice that they're not uh, out on the roof, banging away with hammers today, so that's nice.
0: Mm. I don't know how it records, whether it records in the view that it's in
1: or what. we've got the plumber in Australia. Uh,
0: well know. Know. Um, welcome to the evocative project.
1: Thanks for having me (laughs) on.
0: It seems a little bit ironic that I'm going to welcome you to an evocative thing, but here we are. I mean, it started off a few months ago where it was just going to be me, and now you've progressed into a full time role with evocative with me, which is the most exciting thing probably ever, Um, definitely in the progression of our lives and certainly in the progression of evocative. So I'm so excited for what we're going to chat about today and where things are going to evolve into over the next three, six, twelve years. Um, <laughs> as as best friends and as business partners. So, um, yeah, mate,
1: we'll it going. It's, it's um, it's come a long way in the what five years. Our friendship it's four years isn't it? Yeah, is it four? Or five? It's
0: probably longer. Nah, maybe since we are about nineteen, man.
1: Oh yeah, we're old now,
0: right? Bloody hell! Well, I was, I was doing Vima. That's where the the conversation started. So, oh yeah, it was
1: network marketing,
0: which would have yeah. Well, I would have been eighteen, nineteen, man. So it would be, it'd be a fair while now. Probably too long, but we're only just sort of finding our straps now.
1: Like you are in the van, mate. We don't spend a whole lot of time together. Otherwise, we're chewing heads off. I think.
0: Oh, we chew each other's ear off through the phone, but
1: don't we? Absolutely. But, um, yeah, no, it's exciting what we've got coming up and I'm stoked to be a part of it. I think I, th- I was always keen to do a, do a bit of a podcast for a while. It's been a bit of content I've consumed for a long time and got a lot of value out of it. And then, yeah, you sort of bit the bullet and got it all happening and just happy to be along for the ride and be a part of it now.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, we, we converse at before I was launching it and it was going to be more based around what I was doing. And as things played out, it's really rolled into a a big evocative project and probably our number one pillar of knowledge and help to our audience and to our guests and to the the broader community. So let's not chat any more about that. Let's roll into Kyle Burke.
1: Yeah, rightio. so where should we start here? I guess we' go back to back to the beginning um, sort of a bit about myself then I guess I grew up in a single single parent household uh, um, which was normal to me. Uh, so I had my mother didn't know my father, don't know my father or my birth father I guess you could. Um, I don't think that's had really an impact on on who I am. Maybe it has, but it's just the only thing that I know. So, whether or not it would have turned out differently, but I wouldn't have had it any other way. Mum's amazing, and she's done pretty much everything I could ask for and more, as we both know. Um, so, yeah, I guess when growing up, uh, didn't have a whole lot of lot of money around the family, so it was pretty pretty tight. But I never went without. Pretty much had whatever I want in regards to sports, and I thought it was pretty normal um the life that I was living I think back now there was a few times when it was a little bit scarcer than probably most people I think I ate uh, actually yeah it was well mum and mum and I had to move to Ellie Beach so I'm from Mackay originally so grew up there but had to move to Ely Beach for mum's job and the company she was working for was sort of taking her taking her for granted I guess you could say putting her through the ringer and um so we didn't have much money And I remember it was the highlight, highlight of the week was when we got to add zucchini to um to the rice and soy sauce. I don't like zucchini anymore, but but yeah, so the old rice rice and soy sauce got a workout. That was pretty much dinner for for most nights. But you know, I it's funny, I went through this period again when I moved whereabouts, I moved down to the Gold Coast, sorry, moved to Brisbane and that transition from having a very high paying job up being trade related and stuff we'll get into that later but from coming down and then moving into just a workshop in a bigger community which you just don't get the same pay rate I had weeks there where I was like I got excited about having to go back and make meals out of nothing like um, basically it was like get excited about what I could make with two minute noodles and rice and some soy sauce and, <laughs> and whatever but it's and it's weird, I think, now, like, that doesn't bother me at all And I could imagine people in in that position being like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? Um, but I guess it's just the same thing as everything in life. You go through something and you, you end up coming out a little bit better or, you know, a little bit stronger for it. You learn and grow through those moments, man. I remember, I think that
0: Noodle story, we must have been running in Mackay at some point and we ran past your house or drove past it. I can't remember, but. I remember you telling me that story and it really, I guess it painted a picture for where you sort of came from because I knew you obviously way post that, like you'd been a tradesman for years, you left school quite early. Um, And it was, I guess we sort of can connect in that way that we both sort of came from nothing. Like I did, I know my father, which is um, totally different circumstances to what you sort of live through but um I mean like like you said your mum sacrificed a lot for you to have what you have and you know where rice and soy sauce was all it was it was enough you know you know what I mean like I think back now and I'm like mum we you were shocked and called <laughs> like there was moments there where I can't even recall wanting to eat food at home and that's where I think my passion for cooking's really sort of evolved because i just had you know yeah. an idea of what food shouldn't taste like i guess and it's, um,
1: funny, it's funny you say that because now actually i'll probably say it on the regular me and my mother now like the, basically the only thing that we chat about is every single day is just photos of food of what we've cooked it's like Obviously, being both being in completely different positions in our lives, and the meals yeah. are much nicer, and everything like that. It's uh, I just literally just before we jumped on this podcast, I sent Mum a photo of the pulled pork I cooked last night. She's like, "Oh, did you make that in the slow cooker?" And obviously, they're always sending photos of them with the smoker and stuff like that, her and Kenny. So, oh, she's completely. To...
0: <laughs> she sends them to me as well. and send... <laughs> funny you say that because five minutes before this podcast I put a story up of my food <laughs> it's like it's become a little tradition or a little um I guess personality trait of mine on socials is sharing the food that I create because I love it and it always ends up tasting good no matter what it is um yeah, just
1: put more meat in there bowl would be be good
0: yeah look oh well that's something we can probably chat about man is is nutrition and diet and you know we we both are training athletes as runners Mm -hmm. and there's a big pillar of what evocative is going to be and is all about now, which is men's mental health. And it really came from a place where, I mean, originally we didn't, when we founded the brand, we didn't want to be another brand that voiced mental health as a way to get sales. And yeah, after deliberating after about 18 months of being in business, we figured that we
1: actually give a shit. Yeah, well, yeah, I think it was, I guess it's just who we are. So, like, mm. could never have come from a place of uh, dis, or come from a disingenuous disgenuine, whatever that word is, place, um, disingenuous. So because it's just something, like, we've been through, like yeah, the whole, a whole uh, roller coaster of emotions when it comes to mental health, both ourselves or people around us and stuff like yeah. that. I think that because of that, we were so wary of what exactly we were going to put out there and who, how how we were perceived. And in a way, maybe it was a lack of I'm saying it. Maybe it was a lack of confidence in how we would put that message out there, and that could have been why we were a little bit worried about taking that route, even though it was so obvious that it was what we were both passionate about. And it only took 18 months to figure it out.
0: <laughs> yeah, but that's that's the beauty of travelling through life and, I mean, being best mates and navigating through a best mates dynamic and then through a fitness and then through business as well and trying to bring it all together into a brand. Whereas when we started and launched Evocative, we literally we I can't still can't remember the the conversation that was like let's make this a thing, but I knew the conversation to start Evocative was well we let's be unique we let's have our own shit our own shirts because we're sick of being the same as everyone else we want to break that stereotype right, and so now we are delivering that new stereotype about men's mental health and men's mental fitness more or less
1: yeah yeah to do full circle back to that um, back to where we started with the nutrition thing and getting down that route it was a um I still think it's a like it's a huge been a huge pillar of the difference in who I am now to who I was even though it could be taken as just a very small part of it, it is massively the choices that I make around my nutrition definitely coincided with the choices I made around my mental health or the decisions as to whether or not that is a healthy choice for me um, right now, or whether or not it's an unhealthy choice, because obviously there was a period of time where I was making unhealthy choices, um, not just nutrition, lifestyle and, and everything like that. Um, Yeah. Like, I guess getting into the DJ side of things when I worked in the nightclubs at a young age and stuff like that, it was the nightclub scene. So it was pretty much just partying every weekend. And I think, I think like I definitely enjoyed it, definitely learned a lot, but um, it was still probably two years or two and a half, nearly three years of unhealthy choices every weekend, whether that be drugs, alcohol, whatever it was that weekend. But was definitely unhealthy choices and to look back and go obviously my nutrition was pretty rubbish too at the same time Mm -hmm. just eating because I felt hungover all the time and and depressed probably um, through those choices and then I think I said the other day might have said it to you or said it to somebody that uh, it was a big turning point in my life just making the decision to eat all right I'm hungry let's eat something healthy as opposed to fast food because then it was fast food no energy no energy fast food it's just that over and over and over vicious cycle yeah absolutely um do you think with that
0: um that whole like party scene i know we we both grew up in mccoy and we sort of lived through that together um and had our fair share of parties and i guess drug use and all that sort of shit as you do as young adults i suppose which is you could view it as not okay or it is okay, whatever it is, we've done it. Mm -hmm. And you lived in that lifestyle because that was where you worked as well on the weekends. And I think was that like a fundamental, oh, it's hard to word, but do you think that was fundamental in you developing into the person you are to really appreciate nutrition and your time on the weekends now? Or do you think that it was just just part of growing up and you just happen to play a role in that party scene?
1: Yeah. Look, I guess it's, yeah, hindsight's a bitch, isn't it? So you don't really know, but um, you could say, like I definitely know the difference now, the broad difference. So the, um, the comparison probably is a better word there of what it feels like to be in that scene, to be waking up on the weekends unhealthy and all that to now being, you know making those different choices i can see the definite comparison there um but i mean to say that i'd go back and do anything differently is, would be complete disregard for the truth because i just wouldn't um obviously there was things that happened that weren't ideal but there was like i wouldn't be here talking to you right now about what we're talking about i wouldn't be on my like i wouldn't be training for a ultra marathon i wouldn't have completed 100 clocks or what would would you have done differently because you wouldn't be the same person right now. So um, I think I can appreciate the way that I feel now because I never felt like that before and whether or not it's a good thing to have had to go through that to appreciate it, I'll never know because I went through it. But, uh, and you know, you only know your own struggles. And I think that that's, that's very crucial for people to understand is it's very easy to look at somebody else and go, Oh, but I went through this. the the thing that you got to remember is that your hardest day is your hardest day and their hardest day is their hardest day. So everyone's, everyone's scale of what hard is, is completely different because we've all lived a different life. So I just don't think that it would be fair to say, okay, you need to go through this to get there. But if you did go through this, then there's nothing you can do about it because you went through it. Perspective is a crazy thing, right? And
0: I think, purely on what you said based or back to the 100ks we completed together and Mm -hmm. and i've spoken about it in previous podcasts and even just in everyday conversation about finding your why and which is really what you're directing that towards right like
1: yeah absolutely
0: your hardships and your bad days and your struggles and the shit you go through and the you don't want to go through or want other people to go through ever again is more than likely the foundation to why you do anything you know what i mean like we ran for mental health because we fucking experienced six mates six months six funerals like and that's yeah. our why as to why we do evocative which is fucked but that's how that whole system works is because you want to do something and you become passionate about it because you don't ever want to experience that shit again
1: yeah and and yeah touching on I guess to put a word to to my why I guess is why we're here having this chat It is definitely I've spoken to you about it before but it's definitely helping my why is I just love to see people achieve things that they didn't think they could achieve um went through that was a various uh sort of journey to get to that and I guess there's lots of different aspects to it, but to see somebody do something, and that's myself included. So to see, my, to know that I've achieved something that I just didn't think was possible for me at all at one stage, uh, and then to help somebody else do that is super gratifying for me. Like um, obviously when I was running the gym and stuff like that, I really put a, a magnifying glass on the ability that I had to get the best out of those people. Um, and to draw on my own experiences to do that which is pretty much why I do fucking everything so <laughs> so I love it
0: let's um let's chat about that a little bit because I, I I'm definitely not one to toot my own horn but just to give context to the importance surrounding or importance of surrounding yourself with like-minded people you know the saying birds of a feather flock together if you hang around with losers, you'll become a loser and vice versa. If you hang around with winners, you'll likely become a winner. And Definitely. yeah, not to toot my own horn, but the challenges and normalities of life, do you think that you would have taken the dive into that gym where I'll let you discuss that process and the journey through that and leave everything that you knew behind, you know, your trade, your old life, finances, a, a steady income. On the pursuit of a goal of freedom or fulfilling your why, had you not seen me or lived, you know, have me as a best friend to see that I gave up everything in pursuit of my why? Do you think that was a. We've never had this conversation, but I was just deliberating on it yesterday before coming into this to really try and get some good value about the importance of, you know, social connection and positive connection and surrounding yourself with like minded people. Yeah think that was played a pillar yeah
1: yeah absolutely so i'll deliberate on the two things there's two things one that you just said then having you as a mate obviously looking up to you um i think i've told you this before you know I was definitely seen as a role model even though we're business partners i look up to the traits that you have the decisions that you make and stuff like that um that's definitely was number one now the other one was having my best mate pass away now he Lockie, when he when he passed away was basically just was a complete upshift in my world. That happened when I was in Mackay. Now you can still see that. Look, I think I was 20. Yeah. Six years. Six years ago. Yeah. Yeah. 20? 20? Yeah. 20, 20 or 19. Yeah, around that age anyway. Um yeah. and yeah, when that sort of happened, because it was obviously so shocking. And nothing like that had happened to me before to that extent of loss. Like, no, no, nothing to do with loss to that extent had I endured it before. Now, when that happened, basically the second day, I was very fortunate in my mother. I think it was the second day after it happened. She sort of said something to me. I don't really know even if she understands how much it hit home when she said it, but it was basically along the lines of you just don't know when your time's up, like, so make the fucking most of it. And I, oh, that was one of the big reasons that I've that I did that I was able to jump into the gym. Um, so that was many years later. So obviously, yeah, it was like five, five or six years after that. But it was still something <laughs> that I held on to. Um, the ability to realise that fuck I could fail for the next twenty five years, and well, what the society says is a failure, um, which what is what is a failure really but you could not um, achieve your yeah, goals for the next 25. yeah i could be not achieving or not be doing what society thinks i should be doing for the next 25 years and still be absolutely fine um so that really didn't as soon as i could come to terms with that obviously i was excited about doing something um that was going to be helpful to other people as well which was obviously a driving factor um and made that decision i think if i was going to do something that was less fulfilling maybe I probably wouldn't have made that decision. Um, but, yeah, so, yeah, well, to, paint,
0: to paint a picture on that moment in your time being your best mate, we conversed about it and we spoke about how, like probably three months prior to the gym becoming a thing or even being an opportunity, you're on the pursuit for a job that paid the same, that gave you the same financial benefit. So everything at that moment in time was for a financial gain. And then so to look back three months after that thought process to be like, hang on a minute, what's actually important to me? Is it fulfilling my why? And it's helping people achieve things that they didn't think was possible. And even in myself, not knowing what is possible and going after something and actually figuring out that I can friggin' do it. Yeah. That's a pretty cool progression in one's life. But I think through that period and as a friend to witness it, it was really nice for me to sit back and encourage it, even though I'm almost on the fence. Like, come on, dude! Like, this means that Evocative is going to be in the back burner again, and <laughs> it's oh, how are we going to navigate through this? And whatever, we'll make it work. We both learned skills that, and that's the way I looked at it. I was like, oh, well, well, he'll learn skills in the business world and people world and sales world that we can take on into Evocative in the future. And yeah, while I'm working on myself and fulfilling my personal why so to get to that point of a decision where you were chasing money to then go to zero how did that feel
1: scary as fuck to say the least
0: um <laughs> <sorry>.
1: perfect <laughs> <explanation>. <laughs> so perfect explanation so yeah scary as fuck so basically i had been in a full time job since i was 15 so i started i left school early um left school after year 10 and to, to do a trade now i left school not because i was a bad student or anything like that i was ex- i was probably a pretty good student actually i was definitely a good student um so i left school i think back now and i don't know if it sounds a bit cocky but i definitely left school because it was i got disruptive because it was too easy and so i was like well i'm not i don't want to go to university so i might as well start earning some money so that was when i was turning 16 so i was 15 turning 16 when i started my apprenticeship i wasn't i was a tradesman before i was 18 so in the mines tradesman when you're 18 all this free money basically all this income with no expenses yeah um, i still managed to blow it all but um, but yeah, still had the money coming in every week. You know, it was very. And then that up until I was twenty five or twenty four, I'd never not had a full time job where I had an income constantly that was more than what I needed, mm-hmm. and had disposable income and stuff like that. And I definitely spent it the wrong way whilst I had it. But you know what? And then to go from that to be okay. Well, I'm about to take a leap on. This idea that you know someone else has conjured up for me for and not get paid for however long um, it was yeah very scary but I think I sort of always knew just knew that like I've got my trade to fall back on if I really wanted to and that's where I was at at the time I was like oh I can just go back to my trade still thinking that there was security in that and still using that income for security like knowing that I had that um, ability to earn very easily just to jump back into that trade so originally it was like oh if this doesn't work out i'll jump straight back into my trade and that's easy so i had that bit of security there and then (laughs) i can see you shaking your head there and then to be working tirelessly um, and do and and i was hitting some goals and seeing and helping people achieve things that they didn't think that they could achieve like it was unbelievable i felt really Really, really humbled and, and, um, yeah, just so much gratitude towards that opportunity and also learnt a lot of things throughout the opportunity of opening the gym and doing the gym fit outs and then running the gym and all that sort of stuff. And then to sort of get to a point where I was like, I'm probably not going to go back to my trade, which was also helped by you and encouraged by you, I think. Um, to cut that sort of bit of a long story short about the gym. So obviously it ended not ideally. The way that the way that it ended for me it was cut short, but that's okay. These things happen, life goes on. And I had to make that I basically had a decision Like I had evocative, we had evocative, and I hadn't like where it was my time to take a leap and take some belief in myself because I was happily able to believe in somebody else's idea and work nonstop for four months, um, but I hadn't done that for myself. And then, so to have that shocking thing, basically within 24 hours of being fully committed to something, and then within 24 hours being 100% not committed to it, um, to then go, okay, well, let's reassess what am I gonna do? Fortunate, I guess it plays back into having people that you surround yourself with, positive role models and stuff like that, we were able to sit down that day and you sort of said, well, dude, you've been you've been working towards someone else's goal without getting too much monetary or, or getting no monetary income to yourself. Like why don't why won't you just do that for you yourself? Like where's that limit? And then yeah, so I was like, well, yeah, you pretty much hit the nail on the head there. Maybe it's time to to take a bet on myself and um, and go all in for revocative and something that's hundred percent ours and hundred percent that I'm passionate about. So that's where we where we got to there.
0: It was yeah, I remember um that night we spoke before you um finished up at the gym and we were on the phone for a couple of hours through that ordeal and it was a very emotional time for you and I think we we both discussed the loss of it but also really spoke about and highlighted the gains you know the the person you became in those four months from I think single-handedly just backing yourself which I I personally think is one of my biggest traits is (laughs) once I decide to do something I just it's done you know what I mean And I think you really navigated through that time and just your confidence soared through the roof because you went from, I guess you'd say, hero to zero on the income scale world. Like you had an income, not that it was great. You were looking for other opportunities, but you put your balls on the line to make a goal and a dream come true. And funnily enough, or certainly enough was to fulfill your why, you know, help people achieve things that they didn't think was possible. And through that night, I, we finished that phone call and that conversation. I was laying in bed and I was like, there's no way this fool's going back to work. Like, I, was li- I could not sleep all night and we got to the gym the next day and I was looked at you and I was like, don't worry, bro, I've got an idea for you. I've got a plan, don't stress. And you're like, all right. <laughs> so um, as sad as it was a moment to finish and see all your hard work not paid off, I think what we can really give value to the listeners is that sometimes you have to take the dive in to something and expect nothing in return. You know what I mean? You, you dived in and you expected something, but if, if worst case is you finish that thing and that you're not dead, and you've learned and you'll have the ability to say that you've learned something is far more important than going into something earning a million dollars and learn nothing.
1: Absolutely. I think you hit the nail on the head there. Um it's always been, I think, from no actually, I don't think, I know, it's been a bit of a trade of mine. I've always very big, be, always been very good at well, not always, sorry, after Lockheed passed that that thing happened which you know it seems like i go back there all the time but but because it was a very very pivotal pivotal moment in my life yeah um so when that passed when he passed sorry and that period went went on Mm -hmm. i was able to find a silver lining in it in the grand scheme of things probably relatively quickly and i say maybe within six months or something you know i could see some i was like only focused on the silver lining and then now i find myself In those situations, like I think it was only 24 hours after we had the chat at the beach, after the gym, where I was like, dude, I just learned all these skills in four months. So, like, that's what I'd learned so much. And I needed to learn that for evocative. Like, and everything, as soon as you can find a silver lining in everything, Mm -hmm. it's it becomes very, very easy to cope with what would be considered a loss. Um, Or, you know, to take an owl as long as you can realize that the L stands for learning and not a loss and it's, that it's, yeah, you never lose it.
0: it. Yeah. I think it's a, it's such a great skill that I think we've both developed and it really gives you the confidence to go into things and try things and run a hundred kilometers. <laughs> you know what I mean? Start a, start a business with absolutely no idea about, what the friggin' hell it takes to have a clothing label you know what i mean <laughs> like to, oh, yeah. to just dive in no idea what it's like to run a gym no idea what it's like to run fitness classes or travel around australia or you know whatever it might be if you can go into it and have the humility throughout the whole thing to take every moment as a learning not a loss like you said I really like that and, and al as a as a learning not a loss um But then to get to the end, and I know it was a super emotional decision for you, but to get to the end and be like, this actually isn't for me. And I talk about this all the time. I say that everyone's like, I could go around Australia, and the worst thing that happens is I go around Australia. You know what I mean? <laughs> if I go around Australia and put two, three years into evocative, into what I'm doing, and find out that it's not who I am, and it's not where I want to go and what I want to be, and I've lost 200 grand like i have the humility in me to say fuck that was worth it because i know that in that two to three year period i'm a different person to when i started a different skill set and i'm able to apply everything i learned into to learn who i am to be able to take that into me in three years time if if whatever it is isn't the thing
1: yeah yeah i think yeah you're very good at that. Um, <laughs> credit to you for that. And I think it is super important to just be able to enjoy what, like, honestly, just do what you enjoy. <laughs> it doesn't doesn't fucking matter if you don't enjoy it in a year's time. If you enjoy it now, do it. Yeah. And when you don't enjoy it, stop doing it. It's fucking simple. Just because, you like, just because you did it at one stage of your life doesn't mean you have to do it at another stage of your life. You know, if, if you want to do it right now, do it right now. And then if you don't want to do it in six months, don't do it in six months. But, you know, you just got to do it when you want to do it.
0: Yeah, it's funny that we're talking about this because I know in our last episode with Meg, um, we spoke about it and I had it going through her um, audio and video recording and pulling some snippets out. One thing that I put in capitals there was she wanted to, she always thought she wanted to become a vet. And then so when she had the opportunity and got the, um prerequisites from finishing her first degree and enrolled and got accepted, she thought, maybe this isn't actually for me. Let me try, let me try the veterinary world first. Let me dip my toes in before I commit to five years. And she went in and done a year in a veter nur- as a vet nurse to learn if she actually really liked that world and wanted to commit to it for five years before committing to it for life and found that she didn't. And I think so much value can get be pulled from that. And then I think it would have been a year later, she started doing physiotherapy and the same thing happened again, realized this wasn't actually for her. She wasn't passionate about this and put it on hold and now pursues what she's pursuing, which is being a hype lord and changing people's (laughs) life through discipline and confidence.
1: Yeah. It's it's, uh, good that you bring that up. I had a very similar thing with study when it comes to my engineering degree. I, um yeah, it was thought that I wanted to become an engineer and instead of dipping my toes in, I signed up and, and started my degree and I soon realised that it was not something um that I was interested in, you know, but I th- think it was important. But now I know it's not something I'm interested in. Yeah. So if I didn't ever dive in and give it a crack for a little bit, then I would have, you know, what if sounds a whole lot fucking worse and nah, it's not for me.
0: Yeah, well, it so, sounds a whole lot worse than i got no idea. You know, I, mean, mm. I tried it and didn't like it, perfect. <laughs> or i yeah. always wanted to try it, never tried it. I wish I tried it. That's bad. Like, yeah, we talk well, about it def- a lot and you hear it a lot from successful people or motivational speakers about, you know, the best ideas are the ones that you take to the grave. You know, the, the, the biggest regrets you have on your deathbed And not that you didn't earn a million dollars and not that you, you know, didn't have a mansion or a Ferrari. It's the things that you didn't do that you wished you had done. And I think it's such a massive, massive message, especially from today's podcast and today's episode and through what you do and what I do and what you've definitely done is you have to just try shit. Like, I think the beauty of my lifestyle now is, and i think i was talking to my sister about she's like are you sure you're not just like masking up emotions by doing all these different things i'm like no 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 what i'm doing is figuring out who the fuck i am you know what i mean like yeah i want to i want to experience life i want to i want to get to my deathbed and say that was a hell of a good run like if i went tomorrow if that was a, if that was the way my cards were dealt tomorrow's for me i'm going to wake up upstairs and be like Fuck, that was dang that was
1: so sick yeah i think i've heard people say it like this before like if you were, if you do believe in a higher fucking like god or wherever you think you're going after you die if you go anywhere you know imagine if you did people have probably heard it before imagine if you got there to say for instance the gates of heaven mm-hmm. and whoever's the gatekeeper their god or whatever it is he shows you a video of your life that looks nothing like the one you lived and it's so much better. Imagine if you seen that and he goes, that's what you could have done. That's what you were meant to do, but you made this decision. You didn't make this decision. You didn't make this decision. You didn't make this decision. That's fucking scary to me. Like if you got there and knew that you could have had this fulfilled life through just trying a few different things, <laughs> like, that would, yeah, that would be gut-wrenching to just know that you're not wasted, but you lived this whole life of fear, which is essentially what it is. You're just scared of making these decisions and jumping out of your comfort zone to realise that all you had to do was get in your car and go for a drive, rock up to this event or whatever it is. Those few times in your life and your whole life would have been different.
0: I'll ask you a question. And I asked uh, Maddie in uh, episode two, how often do you think about death?
1: me oh that's a good question um i think about other people's death a lot i don't think about myself i don't think about my own death a whole lot um definitely not definitely not that much at all
0: yeah see because i spoke to him about it and i guess to what you were just saying like if you get upstairs and that's the video that's played back to you i think about it probably more than most because um Oh, two seconds, (laughs) Wolf. Morning, legend. Well,
1: I'm just on a podcast. I'll catch up in a second. Oh, legend. Back
0: on the money. Yeah, sorry. I just got a quick little delivery from some locals here of a little chai latte. I ran into them yesterday, and they said they'd come up for one and we'd go for our walk together, but here we are so um oh now i've lost total track of where we
1: were but well no we actually is perfect timing we were just talking about you know doing little things that change like not doing not being fearful of of certain situations and i think you are unreal at this sort of thing especially with you traveling now like you um you know you're meeting all these people putting yourself in situations that you know may not be maybe now they're comfortable for you definitely not uncomfortable but you know for some people just that interaction of going and talking to someone new or saying day" can be a little bit fearful um can be scary and I know myself I'm pretty introverted and I'm not a big fan of going out and putting myself out there mind you if someone wants to chat to me I'm never going to not talk back but you know you just wouldn't have had that chai latte delivered to you and you know you just see the glee on your face like it was it's something so small but it's those small things that are just making you know life awesome um and it just comes from yeah yeah man and
0: i i run my daily highlights every day and it was literally through what you just said and just living the life that i live but having the i guess you'd say the confidence or whatever it is to have conversations with different people that just in a conversation of five, 10 minutes yesterday, these folks wanted to bring me a coffee. Um, and then even as she put it there, she's like, another one tomorrow? I'm like, oh, don't worry. You don't have to. Um, but God bless them. Cole, I want to really dive into the 100K run we've done. Beautiful. I think for both of us, it'll it changed our life forever. And it was certainly, um, it was certainly probably the the biggest endeavor we've really done. I mean, evocative. It was, it's something else, and was something else, and is now phenomenal. But I think that single handedly, as a a one off thing, changed our life forever, changed our track trajectory of our life forever, and every single person that we ended up getting involved in that event can you I mean it was your idea to start it it was your love and passion for running that really got us to well ask the question or told you just simply told me I want to run 100k's and I was like yeah sick I'll do it with y'all just <laughs> it's just how our relationship works and um I was talking to that about it she's like where did you get that idea from I said oh Kyle said he's trying I said man <laughs> that's just another one of those things Kyle's doing it, I'm diving balls deep in with. But why, I think I, I know the question, but to fulfill, uh, fulfill fill in our audience's um, question of why 100Ks and why it was for mental health, why why that shit actually matters to you and then that'll sort of paint a picture as to why Vokit has really taken that turn as well.
1: Yeah, my, yeah so why 100Ks? it's fucking long way and it's scary as fuck and it was at least double the length of any run that i'd done at that stage uh, more than double um so that was definitely why 100ks and just the number 100 sound looks pretty cool so let's do that um and the why for mental health was i've told you many times before on a phone calls and, and stuff like that uh what gets me through well why I got into running was because I was obviously going through some some demons battling some demons myself and it was a like sit with your thoughts for anything longer than two hours if you don't listen to music or anything on your run and it's free therapy and you don't have to go and talk to someone so I was able to deal with or work through a lot of my issues or problems Do you just through start? thinking and- just
0: touch on one of the main problems that you sort of work through that running helped with, and then we can keep continuing just to, you know, help people show the significance of an ordeal and then yeah. running or physical movement can really help get through that.
1: Yeah, mate. So we we'll go back again. So Lockie passed away. Um, and I guess, so I'll put a bit of a context to Lockie passing away. So I keep saying Lockie, and it's probably not the right way. So, mate. So for those that don't know, he was I, I'm I'm an only child. I have two stepsisters now to so my mum's new husband Kenny, but um, so I was an only child. But he was like a brother to me. Basically, he didn't know his mother, and I didn't know my father. Sorry, so he didn't know his mum. His mum passed away when he was young. So had a, he was grew up without a mum. I grew up without a dad. His dad was a very was a bit like father figurey to me and my mum was definitely mothering to him like we were always together everything like that we moved out of home together moved into our first house together the bond was tight although we butted heads a lot um the bond was tight you know He was my brother and stuff like that and then he basically passed away like that you know i come home from DJing one night and he was gone um to go through that loss at that age 19 or 20 years old and yeah it was like it's still shocking to me to just just to that that blunt force trauma to the head of like what like because that's how it was delivered to me I drove into my driveway and the cop comes up taps on my window and said hey who are you hey I'm Kyle do you know Lockie yes he's dead those were the words he's dead so to get that Two words can mean a whole lot, um, and basically spiralled for the next six to in and out for the next six to twelve months. Of um, probably, I look back now, probably depressed, um, very unhappy, uh, making the wrong choices. You know, I, I never think oh, I don't think I was suicidal, but I definitely wanted things to change. I was the Ron Cambridge in Mackay is not that. So I used to drive to work every morning. And often, often think about just driving off the edge, not because I wanted to die, but just because I wanted something to change. I just wanted to drive off, and and I think back now, I'm like, that's fucking scary. Um, at the time, it was just me dealing with things. Obviously, never did that, thank God. But it was just I just wanted something to change, and I didn't know how or where to look for that change at the time. Fortunately enough, I think. Justin Stevens good mate of mine he was going to the gym flat out so I think I started going to the gym a little bit started getting a little bit healthier didn't really enjoy the I didn't enjoy the gym but not as much as I enjoyed like I could just go running by myself so I started running quite a bit and then after those runs got a little bit longer and longer and once I hit that two hour run sort of a mark and I was running slow so two hours was probably only like I don't know, 15k's maybe. I don't know. It was pretty steady back then. It was probably more of a hop skip than a than a run. But um, and just being out with myself for two hours and getting through some pain and stuff, I sort of just yeah, it was just therapy for me, I guess. I got worked through some issues myself. Made my I felt a lot healthier, and in turn, I was a lot healthier. You know, everything. My choices started to change. Everything sort of around me started to just get better as a and it's weird you think while well, you're in it I remember being on the side of mum's bed crying to her like my boss hates me he's like I'm turning up to work and he thinks I'm shit just doing all this I look back now it's just shitty employee but I was just blaming him um just because I was going through everything and I didn't want to accept that blame on myself mm. and so moving on into running It's sort of helped me get through my darkest days. And I guess the tagline for our 100K was to prove that there's an end to even your darkest days, Um, which which is why mental health was important to me. And I've told you to do full circle on the phone multiple times. You know, when my legs get sore, like I have best mates that are six foot under, that if they had legs, they would never take them for granted. If they had the opportunity to run, they would never take it for granted. And I try to find that's sort of what I draw on whenever I'm in pain um, and pushing through. And I've certainly had my fair share of pain when it comes to running and, and injuries and shitty prep and all that sort of stuff. But it's um yeah, it definitely comes back to the fact that, you know, just left foot, right foot can be painful, but you are still breathing. like get on with it. Um, not to say everyone has to do it, but for me, it's where I get the most value out of my time and it's, like I feel if I go for an hour run, I'm a better person. I don't know. I know I'm a better person. So if all it takes is for me to get out there and do something I actually enjoy now to become a better person, then why the hell wouldn't I do it more? So that's why we, that's why I run pretty much constantly and, and why it's become a big part of my life. And and now it's become part of yours, which is fucking sick. <laughs> um, I love it. that it's sort of become a, a thing together because it wasn't the same for you. Like you didn't,
0: um, um but I did I did start running um through like my separation was when I really turned to running like a little bit at the start and then I, I sort of dived in deep for that July last year. And yeah, but through my separation it was definitely it was only little runs like the three Ks at the harbor and then a swim in the ocean, like which was a bit of physical movement, a bit of outdoors, a bit of nature. And then to sit with myself in a place that I really loved, you know, the beach is like my favorite place in the world, uh, which is where I'm parked up now. Um, and I say this to a lot of people now about going through struggles and heartache and anxieties and depressions and trying to find themselves and find their why. And one thing I, or the first question I asked them, I said, Where's your favorite place in the world? Mm-hmm. And then, Wherever it is for them, I said go there. Go there and embrace the emotions, embrace the pain. Feel feel the heartache, feel the hurt, because I it might not work for them, but this seems like I'm fully unprofessional solicitor or <laughs> uh not solicitor, I'm psychologist.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Boy, this is coming with with no um, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. What's yeah,
1: whatever.
0: Yeah, and I just think for me, it was my therapy was, you know, going to a place that I loved and could put a smile on my face and then deal with the shit I had to deal with. And then I think now I've learned that running for me is more of a fun thing opposed to a therapy thing. Although, like you said, when I run, it's like kickstart to my life. <laughs> it's so incredible.
1: Absolutely. And so and when I- you-
0: at 100 k's which is I, I don't know why i must it would literally just be because you were doing it i was like i can't have him doing it and me not do it and then we made it we raised what just shy of fifteen thousand dollars plus our yeah. endorsements for shirts and videos and that sort of stuff and we are certainly looking at evolving that event into something more annually and more substantial and it's just a matter of us navigating through these moments that we are and finding the brand and then to deliver an actual project and
1: absolutely people um, like we'll go into i really want to keep talking about this 100k run because yeah, you that, and i you and i had a very different experiences so it was my I'd say my experience for people that don't know this is my idea so i put a training plan together for all the boys i was like yeah i'm keen let's do it the first it was like 13 weeks from 13 weeks prior we we did the we started the training plan for it is that right yeah the 13, yeah, 13 week plan yeah and i drew up a plan for everyone i think like you're the only person that actually followed the plan um i would have loved that, a good plan man cuz it was i was fit and ready <laughs> <laughs> yeah awesome so i remember 14 weeks prior so the week before i'd probably <laughs> been running up to that point maybe about 10 k's 15 k's a week very on and very sporadically not very evenly and then joel and i went we did a marathon because i was like i'm all i've always been more mentally fit than i have been fit when it comes to running i can definitely push through a lot more than what my body is probably at that at that level for and so we did the did the marathon. That was sweet. I was like, awesome. Cause that the first week of training was much less than that. So I was like, yeah, I can do this. Let's get into it. I think it was maybe a week and a half into that 13 weeks. I started getting really sore shins. And I was like, oh, it's just some shin splints and whatnot. Turned out stress fractures, went and got MRIs and all that on my legs. And then so I was basically t- don't run for two weeks and take the doctor told me just take panadoline every four hours to get rid of the pain. I'm like, well. Not all about that, so I didn't really do that. so I did cut back on my running, and then it was eight weeks prior to the run, and I was like, "Something's fucking wrong with my hamstring now." It's all bloody and I was bruised behind there. It was a grade two tear of my hamstring, which was um, which was another kick in the face to the training plan. But basically, from when I went to the physio because i have been trying to run through that pain, stupid. If you're listening it's painful get it checked out <laughs> stupid idea to run through it if you if it's an injury um especially if there's bruising probably means there's something wrong there and i um so I went to the physio and he said no like no exercise for the next eight weeks no running nothing so in eight weeks time was the hundred kilometer run so I'm like, well, I'm still going to do this run. In my mind, the first run back was 100Ks. That's going to be awesome, whatever. You're still going to do it. Fortunately, that through those eight weeks, I was involved with the gym still. So I was doing a bit of gym fit-out work and stuff like that. So I think this is non-medical professional advice here, but I'm pretty sure that carrying weights and moving stuff around at a low intensity was actually very good for my hamstring but I still hadn't ran for eight weeks the day the physio told me there's not a chance that you're doing this 100k run no way you're stupid don't even think about it and then the day of the 100k run so we left at midnight Friday night um, that Friday morning my parents had already flown down to come and be a part of it it was all, everyone was being a part of it. I was, I think we spoke about whether I was going to jump on a lime scooter of however many Ks. I was going to be there, but, you know, I definitely didn't, part of me didn't want to think I was, I would think I was looking for a way out. I think I was like, I'm not going to do it, but in my head I'm also going to do it. A little bit of catch 22 there. And then when I went to the physio and he was like, you can, on Friday morning, he was like, you can probably do it, but I wouldn't recommend it and that was all I needed I just come out of that physio I think I've told everyone I was like no he said I'm 100% sweet to do it there's no problems there at all (laughs) that's all I know you're 100% Yeah. yeah so he it wasn't as convincing as that from him but I as soon as I heard it's okay it was it's on there's no problem I'm doing this so I think for for me going into the 100k run I was like I'm just going to run. So this was my first run back for eight weeks, got to the start line, and I just knew the whole... Like in my head, the whole thing was going to suck. I've got no training under my belt. so I've got 105 kilometers in training, and the run's 100 k So that's not very much. <laughs> um, right. And then so I was... Got to the start line, we got started, it was all sweet. I know how to run left foot, right foot. We weren't going at a crazy pace. We had some people that weren't crazy fit and some people that were crazy fit. And to work through that, and like I was in agonizing pain pretty much for most of it, which is a very different experience than you. But I think I look back and I actually just was thinking about this last night and this morning, knowing that we were going to record this today. I actually don't think that completing the hundred kilometers was the most rewarding part of the day. I think at seven, like 73 Ks I was on the side of the road and I was done. It was with Paro at the time. Uh, the pace that we were going pretty sure that last 30 Ks was like six or seven hours. Like we were barely moving. And so I was like, there's not a chance that I can, can keep going for another six hours. Like I'm done and then pulled up my partner drew she was in a support car she drove past and seen us on the side of the road and both liam and i were like yeah we're getting in that car we're calling it we're done i had quit in my head i was i'm done and then for just a split second i don't know if i consciously thought about it or if it you know it just happened I would, we had got up and Liam was walking towards the car I stood up I took one step behind Liam to go to the car and it was just this vivid image of me staring over Lockie's dead body that is viewing and that was literally all I needed I was like there is not a fucking way that I'm not going to finish this because like I said many times before there's people that can't fucking run and now I've still got two legs and I've gone breathing let's get it done Kyle instead of walking to the car turn left it was fucking hot and kept motoring on and finished that to to go to that depth of having quit even though I didn't technically quit but in my head I was I had um what's I sort of fantasized or I'd I'd made the idea okay I'd talked myself into quitting and talk myself into that that uh, that quitting was okay Now I didn't have to account I wasn't accountable to anybody I was making this decision myself and just sort of became just found a way to um, rationalize it that's the word and then to go from that to finish it and to not quit and to keep moving to get it done that was definitely the highlight for me and I think that that was even more rewarding now than getting across that 100k line was just knowing that i could go there and and sort of recover from that point that bad state of mind
0: to uh quite literally prove that there's an end to your darkest days and it's absolutely i mean it's certainly incomparable or uncomparable i'm not sure the word incomparable to you know suicidal thoughts or depressional thoughts but the purpose of that run was to prove that, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's like you said earlier in this, in this conversation, perspectives, everything like our hard day is our hard day. And that's sort of what we wanted to, to prove from that day that yes, it's a different level of hardness and we can see the finish line, but we also knew through that a hundred kilometers, there was going to be times of, I need to quit. This is too hard. I mean, not for me. There was, it was fucking, I don't know. Yeah. Um, this is like why am I doing this this is like I'm done this is easy All right, you know what I mean and so it's our message to people is from that significant event is I think you could probably say this a lot better than me because I didn't have to physically go through that pain but it's when you think you're out when your mind says I'm done when you have quit when the the firewall is in your face and it's you're about to walk past that black line. Just know that you can push through that. Yeah. And end, you know what I mean? And the end isn't the end. It's, it's, the, well, it's a new beginning.
1: Well, I think like, <clears throat> well, there's a, a clip that you recorded on the beach of coming down the beach that last, I don't know, whether it was 10, 15 k's I'm to gonna, go. I've got
0: this written down in our notes. I am going to put that audio clip in here, so people, I'll put Get it in the right video. Hey.
1: It was hard giving a eulogy, but this is fucking hard. Enough. This is really hard. Enough.
0: I, um, I reckon it'll be the most rewarding thing you've ever fucking
1: completed, too, fucking guarantee you that, ball. <laughs> fucking own. I just about reckon that'll be affirmative. 100%, I mean, we're doing this to prove there's an end to even your darkest days, but throughout this run, I've realized that your darkest days are what get you through your even darker days. <laughs> Fuck, I had to, I was sitting on the side of the road at 72 k's. I was out. I was done. I was about to quit. I managed to conjure up a vision of me standing over over Lockie's casket looking down at him at his viewing and just sort of put everything in perspective. I've got two legs. I'm fucking whingeing. There's people under the ground that if they had legs they'd never never ever take them for granted so fucking don't. Ever. So like in the clip I do explain, I'll go into depth about what I mean. I was obviously I was puffed at the time, but uh, before the run, it was to prove there's an end to even your darkest days. Um, and I think during the run, what really shone through for me was that your darkest days are what get you through your darker days. Um, what I mean by that is if I didn't have that experience of, you know, looking over Lockie's body when he was dead, would I have gotten through that? I don't know because I don't. That's not a life that I've had. I do. That was an experience that I had. But, you know, all I do know is that because of that experience, I had that to draw on. So, whether or not I would have had something else, I don't know. But what I, like I said, for a fact, know that now I can go, all right, that's where I've got to go. Get it done, Kyle. And to know that you've got somewhere. It's not a very nice place to go, but to know that you've got it and to keep going, you know, that, that's, pretty, that's pretty cool to know that you've got somewhere in your mind that, that can push through that. Because it definitely wasn't my body because it was pretty unfit, but um, but my, my mind was, was pretty fit.
0: Which, yeah, and that's exactly the point of finding your why, knowing your why, knowing your purpose. Is those dark days, those shit moments that we spoke about earlier that you don't want to go through ever again, experience ever again, is more or less like for me, my why up until, well, still I live it now was to have freedom. I didn't have freedom growing up as a child, and you can probably relate, but for me that was my my foundation was this the struggle, knowing the struggle that my parents had to go through for me to have even anything. And I didn't want that struggle for me and my family. In my life, and so that was a foundation for me, and that was that wall. You know what I mean? I can I can go to the bones in my ass because I've been there, but I know yeah. that I won't stay there because I don't want to live. That's not that's not for me. Yeah, um, absolutely. So I think yeah, that run was fuck, man. I can't wait for the next one. We're <laughs> talking this morning. There's another runs popped up. You're looking at doing a. Actually, chat about quickly what you're what you're working on in the fitness world, and um, and then we're pretty much running up out of time. So yeah, if you could talk about what you're working on now, what your your passion is with Evocative, and why 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 Evocative is so important to you.
1: Yeah, so what I'm working on at the moment, um, quick well, to so the running. Like we've we've done that hundred Ks. I'm currently training for. 12 hour track ultra. So just be running around in circles for 12 hours, which I plan to get about hundred K or I'll be doing hundred K as well on that day. Um, so that's exciting. It's on the 25th of September, but um, so unfortunately it coincides with the hundred miler, but so besides that, that keeps me busy and on the legs, but you know, what's driving me at the moment is hundred percent, the evocative side of things and, and moving into a men's mental health sort of space I've touched on it many times throughout this podcast now, but, you know, just not wanting anyone to drive their car over a bridge and think that they can, that they should drive off, you know, Um, it's to look back and think that I was going through that and not really knowing a way to get out of that. And if I can provide some, uh, some value or some ideas and some tools through Evocative and which we are doing um, to stop people to get to that, to stop, Ideally preventing people getting to that point, but if they do get to that point knowing how to get out of it, um, and then obviously leading a life that revolves around that. So, you know, our three pillars of physical movement, empathy and and discipline. And you know, I probably struggle a little bit with the empathy side of things in my personality. It's um just something I need to work on, but you know, physical movement and discipline uh, have reigned true towards what helped me get through through my thing. Uh, through my struggles but with the empathy side of things I guess there's two ways to look at it you know can you be empathetic to yourself or are you empathetic to others Um, you know there's probably work to be done when it comes uh, I guess I'm empathetic whether or not I'm sympathetic is is another thing you know it's sometimes it's hard for me to to really that's I guess it's a it's a vice of having gone through some hard things sometimes it's it's hard to recognise other people's struggles if they don't seem as bad as yours. Um, bad in quotation marks. But I think that it's really important to not judge, not to say when someone goes, "I've, you know, oh, but I went through this. Oh, but yeah, but that's not bad. I did this. That's selfish. Um, and that's not being empathetic to them or to yourself. And um, yeah, if we can just build a community of fucking confident people and a bit of happiness and get out and get running and and that's pretty much what we're focusing on at the moment is just just um you know conjuring up that idea of this is what you need to focus on this is the few things that you should definitely spend some time focusing on if you want to become a more confident more happy and more mentally fit man
0: yeah it's It's. I really love that you have the humility to say that it's something that you need to work on as well because I think that's the beauty and the essence of mental fitness in its its wholesome self is you're always working on it. You always, there's always, in everything you do, there's always ways you can improve, always ways you can become better. And one question I'm sort of starting to ask our guests is how do you... Or what is a tip that you could give people? I don't think I'm sort of going to know what it is, but in helping people find their why, helping people realise that moment that's really going to allow them to focus on the shit that they want to focus on, you know? Take mental fitness seriously because they found their why or take their goals seriously or their household, their love, their relationships, their work, whatever it is what's a tip that you would give our listeners in searching and
1: finding their why? Start with happiness. Um, You know, I'm not going to say what makes you happy is your why, Mm. but it's a good place to start. If you don't know exactly what you're doing, Um, if you have something that you find yourself getting drawn to all the time, start there. Um, But yeah, I would hope that you're getting drawn to something that's making you happy. But so that's 100% start with that. And if you're not fortunate enough to have a Blake in your life, then message Blake because he's there for everyone. Um, and he'll, he'll give you some good tips. But, yeah, I think my number one tip is only focus on spending a majority of your time doing things that make you happy and you'll soon figure out why you're doing those things. Because um, yeah. it's pretty easy to get caught up in doing things that aren't making you happy but are making some other people around you happy maybe um and that's that's useless to you
0: yeah absolutely kyle brother man thank you so much for jumping on here and sharing your journey and your insights into evocative into the 100ks into your your upbringing and your life i'm super grateful to well have met you i suppose (laughs) Um, but I, no, I do love you and I, I, um, I love our friendship and that we, that we've built over the years and certainly now our business relationships. And I think a lot of people too can probably learn that we didn't know how to do it at the start, be best friends and business partners. And we've certainly learned over time that there's a, there's a different relationship. There's a different conversation. There's different ways we communicate when we're talking about separate things um our phone calls can get quite lengthy when we mix the two together but it's a beauty of doing things the way we're doing it and now to be in a place where we are passionate as hell more like more than anything to help help people but help men specifically because we're men and we we can converse with that um it's yeah it's incredible what you've done and what you're doing and I'm um yeah grateful to share this this experience and this road with you my brother so thanks for jumping on the evocative project
1: thank you and um to everyone that's listening don't worry I'll be back again we'll be um Blake and I will be sharing the hosting duties throughout some now that Blake's on the road and and i am got a bit of stationary or somewhere that I'm stationed that um we'll both be getting in touch with some different people so I'm, I can't wait to uh interview some other people and and obviously through those interviews get to know a little bit more and hopefully get in and dive in a little bit more about what we spoke about today.
0: Yeah awesome man and well I guess on that if you want to jump on and share a story with myself or chat with Kyle and you believe you got some value in it a really rock solid why I think that's that's the essence of what this project is all about it's about finding your why and unraveling the stories behind it and then teaching or showcasing from that journey that that's how you actually find your why and then using those skills to fulfill life become fulfilled in life um, yeah. so shoot us shoot us an email they'll be in the show notes or chuck us a message on our on our socials at evocative underscore on instagram or everywhere else and yeah let's stay connected and
1: Absolutely, if I can share one one last thing. If you're on the Gold Coast, which is where I'm situated, and you see someone running around in a bright Larry shirt, it's me. Give us a toot. I'll I'll thank you for it. For every toot. I don't know what I'll do, but I'll give you a wave. <laughs> <laughs> toot and, um,
0: the shirt. I love it. Righto, brother, I'll um I'll talk to you probably in about five minutes. <laughs> Thanks, guys. My name's Blake Bradford, and this has been The Evocative Project. Please don't forget to share this episode with your crew and to jump over to our socials for your daily dose of mindset, men's health, and motivation. Our website, evocative.com.au, hosts an abundant array of our personal designs that are actually manufactured right here in Australia. And we want you to personally display your confidence. And we certainly want to see you displaying that personal confidence when you wear your Evocative shirt next. So please don't forget to tag Evocative when you're wearing it. But that's all for now. That's all from me. That's all from your boy, B. So I'm signing out. But just remember, dream big, stay humble, and keep smiling. Thank you